Okay, good morning. We've got another podcast, podcast 11, 1 1, uh, Conversations for Men and Women with Chad Taylor, Diana Black, and myself, Dean Dampany. Today, once again, we're talking about relationships with self, with others. And what we're going to focus on to begin with and see where it goes as it unfolds is relationship styles, particularly when it comes to attachment. Um, attachment being just one of the, the biggest things that happens to limit us in, um, in our expansion, in our, in our liberation, the thing that one of the things that holds us back, um, even though we feel like we're, um, we're bringing that person closest to us, if it's not without consciousness and if it's not without um, allowing every step close to that person to be a step away and mutual liberation, it's not working for us. So with that, I'm going to ask Diana Black, what have you been thinking about lately in relation to attachment? Well, I've just been thinking about how different relationships um, engender different aspects of our personality. So um, Without going too in-depth into psychological terms, there are actual attachment styles which are determined by our relationship with our primary caregiver, that is our parent or whoever whoever the person responsible was for us when we were first born and in our first years. Um, And... People who I can speak from myself, I was very lucky to have a very loving, I thought, a loving family. Um, My parents provided a really secure home, so I felt fairly secure and I felt loved. But as I went on in life, I realised that my mother was quite aloof and emotionally disconnected and that it was my father who was less communicative but more affectionate and um but regardless of that I had a grandmother I had people in my life that provided me with enough love that I I think I became a securely attached person um what they call secure having a secure attachment style but Then again, when I'm in a relationship with someone whose experience from birth on has been ambivalent or insecure, disorganised, where they didn't know whether they could trust their caregiver, then that brings out a different aspect of me. Um, And I can flip into a insecure attached style being needy and wanting reassurance but then that that person is incapable of giving it um because of their own upbringing i'm rambling a bit but just to give a brief introduction into what we're going to talk about but um i think i'll pass it over to you guys for the moment because that was a quick rambling Intro. Fantastic. (laughs) Thanks, Di. How about you, Chad? What have you been thinking about recently? Yeah. When we um when we spoke about this this topic of attachment style, I sort of started thinking much along the lines of what Di was saying there, had different partners 
bring out different attachment styles in different individuals. And that I don't think we ever have a fluid attachment style as a as an individual. Like I've seen even the most secure clients and, and friends become insecure when they're around somebody with extreme, you know, either avoidant or anxious or disorganized attachment style. And I like the way Di summed up um, what attachment style was for anyone out there who, who hasn't heard it because I know a couple of years ago I'd never heard heard the term attachment theory or attachment style. But I guess it, it comes back to self for me. It always comes back. If, if we can know our own attachment style, we can actually work through that and hopefully work towards becoming secure. Um, you know, that's that's not always easy because, you know, it's almost like a lot of people when they're single or, or they're having trouble in relationships, they will choose to just take some time out and work on themselves. And that's all really great stuff and we do need that. But unfortunately, the only way really to test this stuff out is to, you know, end up in another relationship or or dating or whatever that individual might be doing and, and see see how things are going, you know. Um, I'd you know, probably be right to say it for you guys as well. Um, well, it is for me, almost all the clients that come and see me, it's due to relationship problems of some description, whether it's, you know, relationships at work, you know, in the immediate family, in the extended family, with partners or ex-partners, with kids, with parents. And all our attachment styles isn't just, you know, in a romantic setting. You know, attachment theory and attachment style plays out in every single aspect of our lives. You know, even the way we can, people can parent their children. You know, if they don't have a secure attachment style, their own insecure attachment style could be actually having an effect on their children. You know, so for me, it's, um, it says a lot about relationships. And, and, and since kind of knowing all this stuff, it's really good to check in with ourselves to see where we are on that spectrum. You know, I'll, I won't go into it, um, like Guy said. But obviously, you know, you've, you, the anxiously attached person, you know, moves, you know, they, they sort of sense threat in a relationship or things aren't right and they seek proximity. So they want to they wanna get closer with the other person. And then, you know, on the other side of that, we've got... Um, avoidant attachment style, which when they seek threat or things aren't quite right, they run. So it's almost like you've got two individuals here that when they seek threat, they both want to do the opposite thing. One wants to run towards and one wants to run away. And it's about knowing. It's about knowing your style so, you know, you're not really having, A, you're not having an effect on yourself and B, you're not having an effect on the other person because the other person gets confused. You know, but again, if we know 
our own pattern. We can actually then make allowances and even if even if people do act unconsciously, maybe they'll anxiously go towards the other person and push them away. Both parties then can realise that and talk about it and they can sort of come back together. You know, you know, I suppose in a mutual discussion about, you know, what each, you know, everyone's got needs and wants and this is just another form of a need and a want, I guess. So, yeah, I, um, yeah, I was quite happy when, when we decided we talk about this topic because, um, yeah, it, it seems like I'm, I'm getting a lot of it in my practice. So, thanks, Dean. Thanks, Di. And how about you, Dean? What, um, what's been happening for you in the world of attachment? Thanks for asking, man. Yeah, I think it's really important that um, we also talk about these things in reference to, to real life examples. So for me personally, I've gone through uh, a lot of attachment energy, particularly in this last two or three weeks. Um, you know, I won't harp on about that cuckoo bird in the backyard that you and I talked about in the podcast a couple of sessions ago, Chad, but I did in summary get really quite attached to this disabled cuckoo bird with a broken wing that was being fed by a family of wattle birds. And I thought that I was going to be the guardian of that bird for the rest of its long life as it decided to live, coexist with us here in my, in my home <laughs> until one day I never, I, one day the, the chirps and the, the flapping of its parents' wings um, stopped. I couldn't hear any, um, any sign of the cuckoo bird anymore or the signs of its parents feeding it. And I realised I'd become quite attached to that cuckoo bird. So I said I wasn't going to harp on that for long because it's not something that holds a huge amount of energy for me. But I did feel quite sad to feel it's passing in whatever way it is into another realm that's no longer intersected with mine. More importantly, with relation to other humans, I am, I'm definitely feeling a lot of stuff in that realm right now from, um, from moving further away from, from some people and, and really struggling to let go to wanting to be having experienced feelings of wanting to be closer to other people and feeling there being a, um, a pro prohibitive energy there um, within the relationship and, and really feeling that, that anxiousness that comes with um, not being able to satisfy that sense of wanting to get closer. So, um, yeah, both of those are in the realms, all three of those examples are within the realms of anxious attachment for me, which ironically, if you asked me five, ten years ago if that was part of my patterning or conditioning, I'd suggest that if anything it was the exact opposite, having been someone that previously would do the runner at the first hint of, um, of intimacy or being locked down, quote, unquote. Um, so, yeah, we definitely, we definitely change styles and I definitely have changed styles um, and no doubt will change again as the energies change. Um, as a real-life example of sinking deep into anxious attachment, I've experienced what it feels like to uh, project onto a person um, the sense of there being an unconditional love that they were responsible for me feeling. And without that, um, you know, I was an untethered, an untethered, just sad 
sad lost soul afloat through the through the dark abyss of the universe that's that's how it felt i felt desperately untethered when that um that attachment that i had wasn't wasn't reciprocated and the more that i felt into that um anxiousness obviously the the less reciprocated it was it's a it's a repulsive energy these energies come in opposites the more anxious i got the more as you said chad the more that that um, will be counterbalanced with an energy that's avoidant. So yeah, I know what that feels like, and it's it's really hard. And the bottom line is, is that the realization has to come back to the fact that we are self-determinant in terms of how we experience things. We can't actually attribute our feelings to others. So we have to own this stuff. And for me, I had to actually own with present awareness that I was feeling these, these things as emotional fluxes that were, were moving within me for all the historical conditionings um, and karma or whatever you want to describe it as has dictated up until this point, this is my stuff. This is me, why I'm feeling like I need to get closer. It's not because they've basically um, you know, they've imposed their, their way upon me. I've invited those, those partners into my life to grow in myself. And at the end of the day, the only person that can actually feel deeply peaceful, content, satisfied is me. No one else can allow me to feel that. And it's up to me, it's up to us individually to build that awareness, that consciousness, and, um, and to understand that there's, there's no higher way of evolving than to basically address that face on. Um, it liberates us completely. So at the end of the day, with this sense of, um, of, of anxious energy or avoidant energy, we just ask ourselves the question, where is that coming from? Do I have the ability to be able to release myself from that energy? How do I go about that? Um, how do I spend that time with self through contemplation, through meditation, through my practices, through communication? to allow myself to grow more aware of what's going on so I can actually personally be happy. And the other people that we want in our lives will, will want to be happy next to us. That's, that's the way. We don't want to be sharing dysfunction. We don't want dysfunctional uniting. We want functional uniting. So, yeah, that's, um, that's what's been going on with me, Chad. So from cuckoo birds to some really pronounced energies in individual relationships with others, I've come full circle and feel... Um, I guess the most peaceful, content version of myself with relation to others that I've ever been. It feels great. Di, I'll, I'll pass it over to you without a question for you um, at all, but just yeah, allow you to run with that. Wow, that was that was great. Um, I what was coming up for me is we we are pretty hard on ourselves. Um, I think, you know, our parents and their parents, and it goes on and on, have had a lot to do with how we have learned that, that imprinted, you know, version of ourselves. And we are basically social beings. And I think a lot of these, you know, you were saying, I got the feeling that you were saying, or when I've said that to myself for a long time, is that we have to be, we have to be alone, we have to get it together, we have to do this to be strong and know know who we are before we can have a relationship. But 
I think also some people, we just end up, I am one of those people I've just ended up in relationships. I haven't really ever, it's, I haven't had to really look for a relationship. That I've, I've just always ended up in relationships. And um, I think for a lot of people, including myself, every person I have ended up with has been a guide back to self it's been a, a reflection of me and helped me help me understand who I am but I think there was obviously something that happened could have been due to my mother but obviously I needed to finish something in my attachment that wasn't quite complete perhaps being the youngest child I was just left to roam and the others were all mum probably just thought the others would look after me or whatever but um I think, yeah, I'm trying to verbalise it. It's so hard. But, um, yeah, each relationship gives us that ability to know that. So if we haven't, haven't had that lovely, secure parenting um, and been able to arrive at that on our, in, that, in that initial family unit, then I think we seek relationships to, to help us do that. And some of those may be the most horrific relationships, but they are teaching us to strengthen up that part of ourselves that wasn't developed. Or each what I'm trying to say basically is each relationship is, is going to help us build towards or grow towards that secure attachment. And some of us may need that really tender relationship to feel enough um, safety to be able to regulate their their nervous systems and relax enough to to fall into the present moment and feel safe to trust to trust yourself and others. I think um, that and that is where therapy also comes in because some people cannot form those close relationships and when when you seek out a therapist that you trust or you feel comfortable with and the anon the anonymous factor is really important because you don't have to worry about letting down the relationship or or confidentiality you can be totally free and honest and revisit your childhood and your memories and ultimately write a biography which would be great of your go back to your earliest memory and start working through and figure out what it was or what it is that that is insecure and then that can be repaired in the relationship and um you can then go into growth you know full growth but i think we we shouldn't beat ourselves up too much i think we've got a lot of people seeking solitude to work on themselves but sometimes it's just really hard and you just need the love of somebody else it doesn't have to be a relationship it can be I mean it is a relationship but it doesn't have to be a, a um, committed relationship with somebody you trust to finish that or or get get further in understanding in your understanding of your own attachment style and what you are needing. Over to you, somebody else. 
I, I might just jump in there really quickly. Thanks so much, Di. Um, I found that the, the biggest tool for me um, moving forward through my um, through the suffering that, I'm, that I've experienced with with my anxious attachment style recently is to um, step deeply into the fear that I have of um, of revealing myself and my and my fears. So the fear I've got of um, of being vulnerable, basically, and I found that that's been the most amazing anecdote to to be less concerned about what my um, potential partner or the person I'm in relationship with might think, and just lay out my 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 God honest truth um, with pure vulnerability. And it's if if nothing else, I've found that that's the the greatest tool for um, for bridging those divides than anything that I found by a long shot. <clears throat> Excuse me. So yeah, just expressing our vulnerabilities, expressing our fears to the people in our lives um, counterintuitively allows them to um, not see the, the glossiest version of ourselves, but the realest version of ourselves. And at the end of the day, we really just want to be able to connect with each other not with just the good parts, but with the real parts, with with the authentic parts. Um, so, Chad, does that does that speak to you at all? Let me once again pass it over. Yeah, thanks, guys. There was a lot in that. Still, um, still digesting what you both just said. But I guess you know, Di touched on a lot of people running around working on themselves, and. Um, I feel like that that may have led to a bit more of avoidant from what I'm experiencing avoidant people in the world because um you know an, an avoidantly attached person thinks that you know they're quite sufficient inside themselves they don't need anybody else and then therefore that intimacy you know, and back to that word, into me, I see, you know, that closeness actually freaks them out. You know, it's almost like, am I becoming too dependent on this person? Um, you know, it just, it feels smothering to them, you know. So I guess I was a bit hung up on that when Di said, I was thinking, you know, it's, um, you know, we've, we're living in a trying time right now in 2022 with all this social isolation and, you know, it seems like we touched on this last week, seems like there's one thing happening in the world after another. I guess it's, um, it's just really being present and mindful and knowing, you know, back to knowing what you're feeling. You know, I, I would say most of us, don't really know how to identify our feeling. You know, like I'm, I'm sure, well, most avoidant people that come and see me, either way, people that come and see me in my counselling practice, um, most of them are unaware of the way they're behaving. You know, and why, why am I you know, like you were, you were talking about, Dean, you know, like wh why am I feeling the way I'm feeling? I guess, you know, like obviously 
this this stems way back. You know, I talked about biography back to childhood. But if we even, you know, skip back 2,000 years ago, this avoidant, anxious attachment dance has kind of been around forever. You know, it's, um, you know, we need to be close enough to people to be safe. But then, you know, when life expectancy wasn't what it was now, people couldn't get too invested in that one person because it might be likely that they weren't around anymore. You know, and we're still carrying now in 2022, we're still carrying all that through our psyche. So I guess for me, this, you know, this runs really deep and I'm, I'm, I might be going a little bit um, too deep with what I'm discussing here, but there's so much to talk about on this topic. You know, it's, um, you know, and, and I will just say, you know, it, it seems to be like there's this dance that avoidant and anxious attached people will generally end up in a relationship with each other, you know. And, um, and, and I think that's, you know, in a way a bigger picture of people haven't been brought together to work on their own shit really, you know, and I've, I've, I've read a lot of books on this topic and I've listened to a lot of, a lot of information on this topic and, and sometimes it can just be really sitting down and understanding what it's like for the other person, what it's like, you know, if, if somebody's anxiously attached and their partner's avoidant, to sit down and actually find out what it feels like for the other person. I think that you know that communication that we've talked about here in the in the podcast throughout the past you know ten has has kind of been a, a common theme. You know, it's almost you know if someone's trying to smother somebody else and they need some space, how does that feel? You know, both people aren't getting their needs met, both people aren't getting their wants met, and both people are unhappy. You know, and um, I'll just finish on. There was one one thing that stood out to me. Um, in a book that I was reading and the the author was a psychotherapist and he was talking about he, he had a client and when the when one partner was at work he didn't really touch his phone or message or communicate but the other partner was at home with the kids so when she sent a message if he didn't respond, her anxiousness was kind of really activated. And then all day she started stressing, you know, what's he up to? Why isn't he messaging me? And for a securely attached person, we could sit back and think, well, she just needs to deal with it. You know, he's busy or whatever. But for that person, you know, Di, Di talked about taking it back to childhood. For that person, once they're activated, they're not at their best self. They're not. You know, they're almost like a two-year-old child whose caregiver isn't present for them. And then this builds and builds and builds over the whole day and then, then that person might send another message and they don't get another response. And then they're really activated and really stressed. So this, this couple came in for came in for therapy and um and in the end it was agreed upon that 
that the partner who was busy and avoidant had like a pre a pre typed message that would virtually just say, "I'm thinking about you." Sorry, I can't reply. I'm really busy, but I am thinking about you. And they came to an agreement that if he was too busy to take the time to write back, he would just send this message. And that was enough for his partner to feel secure and to feel loved. And working through a little thing like that actually allowed these two people to start to come together and to start seeing each other's side, to start becoming more secure because, you know, they say the best way to become secure is to be with a secure partner. But unfortunately, that's pretty rare. So I guess um, for me, it's really, it's you know, I talked about education a couple of podcasts ago. It's about education, then it's about communication, and then it's about really embodying that and practising it. You know, relationships are a practice. Life's a practice, really, if you ask me. So yeah, sorry, Dino, there's, um, and Di, there's, there's a lot in there for me, a lot more than what I would have thought. So um, hopefully I've, I've, um, I've said something there that you guys can respond to. Thanks, Chad. Um, I think it's really important. I think it's fantastic that you, that you brought the message to the podcast here that we can ask the question, of, of the people in our life as to how they're feeling, how they're experiencing things. Again, this is something that we come at um, time, you know, in, in pretty much every podcast, but it can't be rehashed enough. It's something that is so important to simply ask our partners, ask these people in our lives, whoever it is, if we're feeling a sense of, uh, of disruption as a result of our relationship with them, we we just get to ask. We have the right to ask. They have the right not to answer, but we we can facilitate growth by saying, hey, allow me to understand who you are, how you work, um, what you're feeling. Uh, when I said, said this, I, um, I, I noticed that you appeared to, um, to react in, in this way possibly i i have no idea what that felt like inside you though let me let me know you more let me get to know you more let me respect you with all my my loving heart so i can actually be as connected with you as i possibly can so yeah thanks man thanks for saying that it's it's a really important message um yeah and we can have those conversations with ourselves as well you know why why am I feeling sad right now? Where is the sadness coming from? Where does it want to go? Yeah, why, why am I so inclined to want to blame that other person for it? Um, whatever it might be, you know, why am, I, why am I moving away from everything right now, including myself or the opposite? Di, I'll throw this one to you. What questions do you ask? Oh, I just love what you both said. It was, you know, we get, it's amazing. We start off a bit stilted and then we get into the nitty-gritty. It was lovely. Um, um, especially the, what you said, Dean, about your authentic self. You just have to be, you know, you want to lay your, um, how you are really feeling out. And in your situation, the person's reaction was maybe not what you were anticipating. but. 
that's the risk, isn't it? It's about the risk of showing your vulnerability. And if you want the relationship enough, I think that's the first premise. If you can both decide in a relationship that you want the relationship, that's that's the groundwork. And then you go, okay, how are we going to keep this relationship and nurture this relationship? And so in the case of somebody being really vulnerable and allowing them showing their true self and then the other person reacting in a way that is um, is not comforting and they tend to shut up then or, or retract, um, that's the other person's attachment style kicking in and perhaps their fear of having to be vulnerable and and getting to the nitty-gritty of what I keep saying in these podcasts, relationships aren't easy. They're really hard and they're really scary, especially in the beginning when you've got to let down, you know, you, you show that perfect, you try and present this perfect self image of yourself to the other person and then you're going to inevitably drop in to who you are and the vulnerabilities will start coming up and the disappointment that the relationship isn't perfect, that the high dream of the relationship isn't going to be maintained at all times. Um, um, But like you said, to be able to communicate that so that is the most important thing you know if you then can say hang on a minute you know let's figure out what happened here when you do this I feel this and what I would like you to do even be be brave enough to say as as Chad said which was fantastic having an example of a couple that simple reassurance taking the time even though it might be annoying because you're securely attached and going, what? they know I love them, what's the point? But to just have a little text to say, I love you or I'm here for you, I'm busy, I'm just busy right now and calm them down because as, as Chad said, if that person's stuff is activated, it snowballs into huge, huge emotional um conundrum like they're totally overwhelmed by something that is possibly from when they were three years old who knows or or repetitive relationships where they haven't had their needs met but if you find somebody who can do that work and just say hang on what's going on here but also take the risk of showing your vulnerability and the risk of them running but you know that's their problem really if they're going to run then that's them not being ready I feel it's like two people who are ready to do the work and to really meet one another and to laugh all their laughter but also cry all their tears, as Khalil Gibran would say, in in love, Um, then I think you've got got some hope. But, you know, it's not easy and that, that showing of your own vulnerability is the big, that's the big thing. I'll pass it back to you guys, whoever. Thanks, thanks, Di. Another another really recent uh, revelation I had within myself is that it's one thing to express my vulnerabilities and um, to be able to communicate that, to get better at that for the sake of my relationships. Um, but the other thing is to actually start to develop an idea as to what our needs are, and that's something which takes takes some practice and some contemplation as well. 
as a really simple anecdote before I pass it over to you, Chad, is I, um, I realised in, um, in a recent episode of Anxious Attachment that all I really needed was to be told that um, the, the valued connection that I held in relationship to my partner was something that she shared. Um, and as an action, I simply asked her to remind me when she's perhaps really busy and I'm not feeling that otherwise, that she feels just as connected as ever and that, uh, that she's got every intention of maintaining that, that high degree of connection as time goes on. I actually didn't want to see her more. <laughs> just, I'm really busy myself. I just wanted to be reminded in the unevolved version of myself. Um, so, Chad, there you go, mate. Let, I'll let you take it out. Um, for the next couple of minutes. Thanks so much to you guys. And, um, yeah, I really look forward to spending more time evolving in relationship with both of you and with everyone. Thank you. Thanks, guys. It's been um, been really stimulating and really, um, for me, it's got me, got me really interested in following more, more of this topic again. I guess the only thing I'd sum up in saying is we both spoke about, you know, being able to be vulnerable and being able to be talk about our needs and, and our wants and, and our partner's needs and wants. But um, I wouldn't say that's the majority of relationships that I see and people that come to see me and even people I've met over my time. You know, it, it takes time and it takes a lot of inner work to actually be in a safe space. You know, I'm sure there'd be a lot of there'd be a lot of people who would get vulnerable and really tell their partners what they need and what they wanted. And and I know it's happened to clients of mine and then the other persons are in. You know, so in summing up I would say, you know, Guy talked about therapy, you know, couples therapy courses. You know, I feel like we need more safe spaces to have to have courses, you know, courses, relationship courses, you know, individually and together. You know, that's something we've been talking about. So for me, it, it's all, it all comes back to self. So for everyone out there, do some research on this topic. There's a few quizzes you can do. Find out your own attachment style and then start to really be present and engage with what's going on as it happens in the moment. We'll we'll see you all next week. Yep. Thanks, Chad. Thanks, Dean. Thanks, guys. See you soon. Bye.